1: You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game.
0: This is the Power Producers Podcast, production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power?
1: Hey, everybody. I have got a very special guest with me today, Mr. Brian Bergjans from Caliber uh, Home Loans, correct? Mm-hmm. And he, he is special because we typically do not Uh, deviate from our schedule. But uh, they reached out to me last week to talk about some of the things that his company is doing for military personnel and veterans during COVID-19 and how things are being affected for them from a mortgage standpoint. And I wanted to make sure we got him on as quick as possible. So we're actually airing this almost immediately from recording. Um, So Brian, great to have you on. The first thing I want to tell you is I know you're a veteran yourself. I know you're uh, actively involved in the reserves. So thank Mm -hmm. you for Service, sir, you're a you. leader of Operation Enduring Freedom. I saw that, okay. and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I know I speak for everybody in our audience when we when we thank you for for what you've done to be able to have us even be able to do crazy things like podcasts, right? <laughs> the freedom to be able to have a podcast is something that not even every country has, and that's unfathomable. <laughs> yeah. As much everybody's complaining right now about, you know, I try. I, I've actually tried to stay off of social media a good bit because, mm-hmm. and the regular media for that point because. It's just such a crazy time. And, uh, you know, what I've told people on my team and, and people that are in our sales training program uh, for commercial insurance is this is the best time to sit down and work on yourself because that's the one thing that you can do that you can be in complete control of. So I think that the people who have taken this time down to uh, invest in themselves have done very, very, very well and will and will be ahead of the curve coming out. Oh, why, don't we, why don't we talk a little bit about Caliber and, and sure. tell everybody a little bit about the company first and then... Um, then we'll get into a little bit about what your role is there and then mm-hmm. talk about what's going on specifically right now that you're seeing in the marketplace. Yeah. So, uh, so
2: caliber home loans. So, uh, it's kind of funny cause we used to always joke around caliber used to be the biggest company no one ever heard of. And, uh, now it's, it's a ginormous retail wholesale and correspondent lender that's, uh, it services all 50 States. Um, we have. You know roughly 6,000 employees, and last year I think total originations across all channels was north of 60 billion. In wow, business. um, and uh, you know, the great thing about Caliber is you know, you don't see us advertise a lot because a lot of our stuff is done through relationships and relationship business, so in, in insurance, you guys know exactly how that is, right. Um, And it's a residual effect. So I always look at our success over the years as a compounding effect based on our relationship driven business model. And that's why Caliber, you know, I feel that uh, is one of those organizations that has a sustainable business model because of the way the business was built. Um, And it's kind of uh, funny because four years ago is when we started um, the military and veteran lending team uh, at Caliber. Um, I was brought in specifically for this job., um, and the great part about um, our position here at the company is that it was it was supported from top down, from the get-go. And I think all your listeners and anybody that's in any business knows that an initiative is only is not will not go anywhere if you don't have commitment from the senior leaders all the way down, right? So we were very fortunate and blessed that our strategy and our model was uh, committed from the CEO all the way down to, you know, to our level. And uh, so in four years, we've uh, built our business strategy around education of our clients, uh, education of our clients. Loan consultants, our underwriters, our processors, our business partners, um, and we call it community engagement through education, right? So we we, we recognized that when we first started this, that the, the big problem in the VA home loan space was that there was an education gap between what was reality and what was myth, right? And uh, And unfortunately, that's still the case today. Right. So, no matter how hard we try, um, there's still uh, a perception versus reality issue in the VA home loan space. Um, And our team, you know, our sole mission and purpose is to try to close that gap. And, uh, you know, as hard as we work and as more we, uh, you know, spread our influence through. You know military spouse communities and other veteran service organizations. Um, we find that the gap is still you know we're we're making slow progress, but not as much as we would like. And that's why it's important for us to think outside the box and expand our our uh, you know commitment and message through organizations that are outside our industry. You know insurance, financial planners, what have you, because. The more we can start influencing the consumer or not really influence, but educating the consumer, whether it's directly or indirectly, will only make it for better down the road. Because I can tell you that as someone who's been in the military as long as I have and someone who's actually discharged off of active duty several times, our active duty military folks don't exactly get the education required around the benefits that they're entitled to, with the exception of maybe medical and stuff like that. So the home loan benefit is not really on the top of the list. It might be today, but back in the day, it wasn't. So you still have a lot of, you have a large gap of people who still don't understand what really the VA home loan benefit is and what they're entitled to.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because I, you know, I read a lot a lot and, and never fiction. It's always nonfiction stuff. And the things that I've read from financial people, gurus, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them, um, you know, these people have basically come out and said there's a huge deficit in education to the, the military service members about their finances, right? And, and being good financial stewards. And you're right. There are a ton of Opportunities for them, a ton of programs for them, but these people, a lot of the time, just don't understand um, what was available to them or how to best serve themselves. And as a result, they go in, they serve their time, they come out, and the next thing you know, you know, they're in debt above their head because they were never educated on exactly how they should handle their money. And I mean, I see the same thing in the insurance world all the time. I personally don't delve as much into the personal lines end of things. But even in commercial insurance, a lot of the times that you go in and somebody's got a problem, whether it be frequency or severity of workers' compensation issues or poor workmanship for general liability or whatever else, has to do with the fact that the, the business owner themselves haven't been taught, here are the ramifications that happen. you know, And it's never the thing that's right in front of your face. It's always the thing that leads to the thing that's now right in front of your face that's the underlying root cause of an issue.
2: Yeah, you know what? Uh, it's interesting because I have an uh, uh, interesting history with the military. You know, I joined the military in 95 after graduating high school, right? And um, my I got to see the transition of the military. Um, we always say it's definitely a smarter Navy today than it was back then when they were letting people like myself in. But uh, – <laughs> Give you an example, though, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, I think the reality of VA borrowers and clients were kind of aligned with FHA, right? They just felt that folks were low to moderate income they needed 100% financing because there was a lot of challenges with FICO and credit scores and all that other stuff, right? Um, I think post 9-11, though, has changed kind of the characteristic of a VA client. Um, because now with all the crap with WikiLeaks and everything else, um, you know, security clearances are extremely important in the military, right? So you can't have bad financial management and still maintain clearances for the most part, right? Because it'll eventually catch up with you. Filing BKs, not paying your debts on time, all that kind of stuff. They found a way to figure out that that can lead you to making bad decisions when it comes to national security, Right. So it's credit scores and credit profiles and financial management extremely important. And I've seen it over the last couple of years now where the Navy itself has had financial planners, especially in the reserves, um, available for folks so they can make better financial decisions. And I can tell you, you know, on the reserve side, we spend a lot of time with our with our folks, you know, pounding it into their head. You know, hey, make sure you're managing your money, make sure you're making good financial decisions, make sure you're not putting yourself in a bad position financially, um, you know, and, uh, you know, it's it's like turning the Titanic, but you can see it. I see it on the, the home loan side because, you know, I'll give you an example the average FICO score for a VA customer nationally, right? Nationally, you're talking 700,000 transactions it was well over 700 last year, right? So you have the last couple of years where that's been the case on VA, where the national consumer FICO score, I think for the first time in history, exceeded 700 last year, right? So these customers have been tracking that way because it's the environment in which they're operating in the military that's, you know, positioning them for that. Because, you know, they, it's either, hey, you lose your security clearance, guess what? We don't need you anymore. Right. I mean, even a postal clerk has to maintain a security clearance. So, How did
1: those numbers match up to like a decade ago? What what were those averages, you know, <laughs> ballpark figures?
2: You know, I I don't I don't have that number, but I know it was not even remotely close to 600 fi- or 700 FICO. I can't I can tell no, you I
1: can't right. imagine. I can't imagine it was because that's one of the things that led to the housing crisis, you mm-hmm. know, back in the late, you know, like 08, 09 area in yep. terms of time frame. So. You know, I don't know what that national figure looked like. I know there were a lot of people that got loans for houses that they couldn't afford. (laughs) They never should have gotten, you know, and that's what led to a lot of our issues. So Uh what specifically is your role at Caliber? Because I know that it's pretty defined uh, based on our conversation earlier.
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, I always say our team is our team has influence on uh, internal and external initiatives with within Caliber. Right. So. Um, stuff with uh, inside. I always like, when I first got to Caliber, I always said, hey, listen, you know, you can't go outside of these walls and championing uh, military and veteran stuff if you don't take care of the people inside here first, right? If you've never said thank you to one of the vets that work here, it's hard to go out into the marketplace and say we're open for business for military and veterans. Come work, you know, come do business with us because we're military friendly when it would just seem like a it would seem like a charade right so we spent a lot of time doing internal stuff on uh, to spark patriotic type initiatives um we dedicate you know the actually may is our our military may uh, we spent a lot of time doing a lot of cool things during may unfortunately covid has uh limited that for sure but um, we normally do a lot of cool initiatives around the, you know, all the corporate facilities across the United States. Um, we do community engagement stuff. We have a big Veterans Day luncheon at the end of the year where we fly in our reservists and fly in people from all across the United States to have lunch with uh, the CEO and everybody else and all the other veterans that work at corporate. Um, I, you know, I travel a ton during the year, normally doing events in local marketplaces. My team normally tries to uh, partner up the active duty military components and our caliber locations together, doing community stuff in some of our marketplaces. Um, So our goal is to, you know, bridge the gap between military and veterans and caliber, And making sure that, uh, you know, whether that's home loans, uh, you know, resources, uh, any type of any type of community outreach we can do in these marketplaces, we do. Um, So and then also, too, we 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 assist with making sure um, we are operating the VA home loan benefit in accordance with the VA handbook and staying aligned with. Uh, you know what the V a likes and making sure that we're uh, putting as many veterans in homes as possible. Um, we have a phenomenal operations staff and operational team um, I think uh, across all channels last year we touched forty seven thousand VA transactions, which is pretty amazing. Um, so we've uh you know so we try to have our hands in a lot of different things, just making sure that we are always operating with the best interest. Of our VA clients.
1: So, what's going on right now? I mean, obviously, this is turbulent times across a, a large, you know, number of silos inside of the economy. I'm. I know that the insurance community has been affected. It remains to be seen how badly we will be affected overall, uh, depending on what happens with uh, some of the some of the lawsuits and things that are going on right now. Yeah what's what's going on in in the mortgage industry and specifically what is caliber doing to help those people that are that are currently their customers you know i think the i think
2: the what you have going unfortunately is you know you have a message of hey everybody uh you know forbearance is there for you to take um go take it without giving the fine print of what a forbearance is right And, you know, one thing we always say, because we have two, when we're talking about VA, we we have two groups. We have our active duty military folks, right? And then you got everybody else. You got your veterans, your surviving spouses and all that stuff in this other group. And so our military folks, you know, during this COVID crisis, I always said before, while they might not have been the number one customer for anybody in any market, Well, they sure have now become that because it's guaranteed income. They're not getting furloughed and they're, you know what I mean? So their, their impacts are very limited on COVID because they already get impacted on a lot of other things with dual employment and everything else, just by relocating everything else. They didn't need a pandemic to feel that they've already been, you know, they go through this stuff all the time when they relocate. And then you got the non you know, active duty military veteran space, right, which are feeling the effects of COVID because a lot of people in the service industries and everything else have been furloughed and everything else, right? So we have two big people, we have two big, large groups we like to speak to. And, you know, first and foremost, we tell everybody, if you can make a payment, make it like this isn't a freebie here. Like, don't do this to yourself. If you can make the payment,
1: make it. Right. I think I think that's a huge point because you know, you see it the same thing too on the student loan side, right? Somebody gets in a little bit of a pinch and it's easy to go and request that forbearance. but people don't feel the impact of that interest still accruing because it doesn't hit them right now. Yeah, they, they feel it when it's time to pay the house off and there's several payments left that there' you know <laughs> more than there should have been because they allowed interest to accrue during a a forbearance period of time. And I mean, I think that's really a a huge point because people don't understand not every program available to you, I I shouldn't say that it doesn't have your best interest in mind, but it's not always going to work out 100% in your favor. Yeah, you might not have to make your payments for a short period of time, but Mm -hmm. there's still interest accruing on the principle of your note from, from what I understand about how forbearances work as opposed to a deferment on a student loan Where they they defer the whole thing,
2: yeah. You know, and that's another thing too. It's like you know, uh, call and talk to somebody first before you decide to pull the trigger on something. You know what I mean? Whether you're you know better or not of it. I mean, this is a economic decision that's you know. There's always a consequence to every decision you make, right? So you know, just know and understand exactly what could and could not happen based on your actions here, and so. you know, big thing for us is right now you got the active duty military folks who are just kind of standing by waiting to relocate, right? Because the military is on a big travel ban um till mid-June and who knows, hopefully they, you know, start executing on these reloads. But you know, for the active duty military folks, you know, that were thinking that they were going to rent their houses out when they moved to another location, you know, we're telling them, Hey, buyers beware on this because Why would you want to not sell right now? Why would you want to keep the house as an investment property when you don't know that person you could rent this out to might need forbearance because of COVID? And now you've relocated. And by the way, active duty people are considered on fixed income, right? Because their money's not going up. It's not like you're getting a bonus or you're getting commission pay or anything like this. You know exactly what you're going to make every month from here on out. So you can't have an extra $2,000 a month payment all of a sudden start hitting you because you're going to be in problems, right? But when you're renting these houses out because of way some of these states have taken action on landlords and renters, you got to be careful. You don't know what the game plan is for that local state anymore because you could wake up tomorrow and it could be a free-for-all for renters to be able to you know, get forbearance for 12 months. And that's a scary prospect for potential new landlords who are relocating to another market, you know. So we're you know trying to get our active duty community to start thinking a little bit long term on that, because that could potentially be a long systemic problem for them if the forbearances continue to increase or continue the way that they're going now.
1: Wow. Yeah, I mean you know I mean those are things you don't even think of, right? Because it's just it's not in the realm of possibility that I'm going to relocate anywhere. So I sit here thinking of things from a completely different perspective, viewing it from a different lens, but I mean that's a that I can see the potential of that being a huge problem, especially when it opens back up. And I mean, truthfully, we're getting to that time of year where a lot of people would normally be relocating because school's wrapping up, you know, they want to get relocated to the, the, the place they're going to be moving so that the kids are settled before school starts back up in the fall. Nobody knows how any of that's going to play out. I mean, we were thrust into being homeschooled parent, homeschooling parents of four kids with virtually no notice. Yeah. And I mean, you, you want to talk about having <laughs> to, to brush up on your skills, brother. You know, my kids are 17, 13, nine, and six. So oh. I have to I have to span all of it from kindergarten all the way through one one going into a senior. So I had to, I had to brush up on my math skills and some of the other stuff, you know, really, really quickly. And we joke about it, but it's 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 a real problem because sometimes with my older boys, I have to go back and watch a YouTube video to remind right. me how to do stuff before yeah. I can translate and explain it to them. So I can only imagine what it's like, you know, for people who. Because I think for the most part, at least from what I gather from friends of mine that are in the military or neighbors that have been in the military, that relocation process is pretty much cookie cutter and very regimented. Like I've always been impressed with how the people would show up and, and get all of the stuff into crates. I mean, I it was just it was a very well thought out and executed process. In most cases, this throws a real monkey wrench in the whole thing.
2: Oh, I mean, without a doubt. And then, you know, because here's the deal. because You got to remember, it's a domino effect. Right. So if you're if you're supposed to be where I'm at in August to take my job and I'm supposed to be somewhere in September to take someone else's job, Who that person's supposed to be somewhere in? You know what I mean? And that's how it works. Most of the time you're going to relieve somebody who's then going to relieve somebody who's then going to relieve somebody. So when you delay orders, which is what they call it, you know, for folks to show up to these locations, um, it really causes a huge bottleneck. And one step further, now you have this now you have this scenario where you have a lot of folks who have put contracts on houses, right? Who have done certain things who are like, Man, you know, I my orders are delayed, but I want to send my family. You know what I mean? And now you got people making really big decisions with a lot of question marks over their life at that point in time. You know what I mean? And we just,
1: uh, we just, yeah, we, we saw it firsthand. Uh, My brother-in-law just bought a new house and he went to close on it. And the guy that was supposed to buy his house was unable to get his uh, loan approved at the last minute because he had been furloughed from the time he had been pre-approved to the time it was time for them to close. Because he was furloughed, uh, the bank that he was using just yanked the rug right out from under him. So now, you know, my brother-in-law was already committed. So now he's sitting here in a situation where he's dealing with two mortgage payments until they can figure out what's going to happen with the the other uh, buyer's loan situation or they're going to have to put the house back up on the market to sell it to somebody else. And I mean, you don't, you don't think about stuff like that. You know, I'm not planning on relocating, moving or anything, but there's a lot of moving pieces to the puzzle right now.
2: Yeah. And you know, one thing is too, I also say is that, you know, you got, you know, you got banks are putting an unfair position and consumers too. Right. So, you know, consumer gets furloughed and they don't know how long they're going to be furloughed for, um, you know, why would they want to, extend themselves on a big financial commitment like a new home when they don't even know if they're going to have a job in four months you know what i mean and because just the and you know some people depending on where they've been furloughed from you know they, they don't know if they're going back you know what i mean and it's you know and it's a it's a huge it's a huge mystery right now and then the banks are in a bad situation because you know they look like the big bad bank because they decided to turn somebody down because they were furloughed. Well, you know, no offense, but, you know, would you lend me money to buy a house if you knew I didn't have a job? Probably not, right? Right?
1: No, agreed. Agreed. And I think the uncertainty around the whole thing is what really drives it more than anything else, because you could look at somebody who has great employment history, has a really good income, really good credit, But then you realize they're a district manager for a restaurant chain. I mean, (laughs) you know, who knows how long they're going to be out of business? Who knows how? And so I get it. I see it on our side, too. In the insurance industry, especially with commercial insurance right now, it has been a pretty much universal exclusion across the board for pandemic or virus. None of the agents ever talk about it because it's been there forever. You know, it's not like you're going in and listing every single exclusion on a policy. And so a lot of people are painting the insurance industry in a bad light right now saying you know they should pay it they should pay it well here's here's the deal they didn't collect premium for an international pandemic exposure because there's no way to underwrite it there's no actuarial data to predict it to set rates for the regular layer and the reinsurance layer and as a result you know they they just exclude coverage and so now you have business owners and I look I see both sides of the equation I'm a yep. business owner too yeah um but you know then you have the people who never purchased business income sh- insurance to begin with that are now laying claim that the insurance company should pay them well you didn't buy the coverage regardless so I don't even understand understand that logic. So as we get ready to wrap up, what what is it that you think everybody should know right now number 1 and number 2. I want you to tell them how to get a hold of the local the best way for them to get a hold of people from caliber to get uh whatever help you guys are able to give. Yeah, you know, uh first and foremost, if you're impacted
2: by COVID and uh you don't think you're going to be able to make your mortgage payment, you need to reach out to your servicer, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, don't take the position of trying to deal with it yourself. I mean, you know, I think at this point, every service center in America is doing what they can to ensure their customers stay in home, right? And,
1: and rule number one do not ignore it, right? Yeah. Because I think people get weird. When they owe somebody money and the phone starts ringing or whatever else, they just think if they ignore it, it's going to eventually go away. Psychologically, I guess it makes them feel better while it's mounting more and more stress in their life. And guess what? It's not going to go away. It's only going to get worse. So anytime that I have talked to somebody who's in a bad financial position like that, the first thing I tell them is just be honest, deal with the situation head on. Do not ignore it. It will never get better until you deal with it. So you're better off dealing with it now.
2: I mean, our our CEO even came out and said, hey, listen, because someone lost their job does not mean they should lose their home. I mean, that's the message coming from our top all the way down. And so our focus is to ensure that all our customers, if they're having problems, if they're impacted by COVID, that we are all all hands on deck, ensuring that they are able to stay in their houses. And I would assume that that's probably like that everywhere, because remember, we the financial industry, the banks and stuff, they don't win on for, for a closing on people, right? And um, and and number one, number one, number two, you know, this COVID thing was not something that was self inflicted by any human being that's in a mortgage right now, right? So you know, again, being that it's be one thing if you are having trouble making your payment because you made some bad financial decisions. Or you know you, uh, you you make it was part it a personal decision that you decided not to make your payment, but you're impacted by something that no one could ever see coming or control. So everybody's all hands on deck. No matter, I think every mortgage company, every bank is rolling their sleeves up, doing the right thing to ensure uh, that everybody gets to stay in their home. So to your point, you know don't sit there and stand idle. You know if you see this coming, you pick up the phone and start dialing it up. You know what I mean? And get a hold of your servicer, let them know your scenario and start working with them. They're on standby right now to help you out. Don't sit idle. You know, make sure you're doing. It. And also too, you know, if you can make your payment, make it. Can't if you can make your payment, make it. You know, that's probably the best advice I can give.
1: Yeah, I'm with you a hundred percent. Anything else that you want any everybody to know about caliber specifically before we leave. The geography you cover is obviously, I would imagine, all 50 states. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, thank you thank you for what you're doing for the veterans. I know that that it's it's important. It's a core value of your company at this point. Anytime something starts at the top, it makes its way down. It becomes a core value, whether you realize it or not. And we deal with the same thing, man. When we go in to drive change from a, a cultural standpoint in terms of safe, safe behaviors in the workplace or whatever else, It has to start with the CEO, because if it doesn't, true change will never be driven. So it's very, very impressive to know um, just in the brief time that we've talked Mm -hmm. that this is a core value of your organization. And I know, you know, as someone who did not serve in the military, but is extremely patriotic and thankful for those who did, you know, it means a lot to know that. And it makes me want to support your organization.
2: Well, I appreciate that, and if you guys want to check us out, we have a dedicated military site, too, that kind of gives you a little peek behind the curtain of all the stuff that we do and we talk about, and that's uh, CaliberMilitaryLending.com. So CaliberMilitaryLending.com. And if you ever want to reach out to any of us, um, because we're on standby to help educate, if you ever need uh, consumer education or if anybody in your sphere of influence just wants to learn a little bit about military and the VA home loan benefit, um, send us an email at military uh, at caliberhomeloans.com. So we keep it really easy, military at caliberhomeloans.com, and you'll get me or somebody on my staff.
1: Awesome, man. Listen, Brian, I appreciate you taking 30 minutes out of your day to get the message out. It's been good chatting with you. I hope that, uh, you know, that people receive this message well and that it, Helps them as they're going through what is really uncertain times for all of us right now. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely.
0: You've been listening to the Power Producers Podcast. You can follow Killing Commercial Insurance on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to take your game to the next level, next level. Check out our book, The Extra Two Minutes, and our website killingcommercial.com.